I decided I was a nine is that that childhood trauma just really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, also conflict. Blech. <laughs> so blah. <laughs> so blah. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Enneagram podcast, where we talk about the Enneagram in the context of work. I'm your host, Kelsey Taylor, and I'd like to introduce our guests today who are both Enneagram type nines. First, we have Chris Lackey, who is currently a student pastor. Welcome to the show, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Kelsey, for having me. Honored to be here. Our second guest is Miranda Sisson, who is a finance and HR admin. And she also happens to be one of my very best friends. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Kelsey. I truly just enjoy that you chose me to be here. (laughs) Chris, how long have you been a student pastor and have you always wanted to be a student pastor? I've been a student pastor for 12 years now. Wow. Um, Yeah, coming on 13 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Is that an unlucky number to you? 13, does that make you nervous at all? no, I've never, I haven't thought about it, to be honest. Oh, now you're so, thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, now Sorry. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Next year, it's going to be something. And uh, no, I did not always want to be a student pastor. Um, I wanted to be an accountant because I wanted to make a lot of money. And sure. I was good at math. So that was literally the equation that in my mind. But then, you know, God changed my heart in, in college. And I think I think part of the reason I ran from it was my grandfather was a pastor. My, my great uncle was a pastor. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew a little bit about the lifestyle and I knew it wasn't the best paying job. So yes, that in my mind, like in college, late high school, college, that's what was like the greatest factor. And then when I got into college, I kind of realized that when I was asking myself, like, what would I really love to do? This was it had such an impact on my life mm-hmm. as a student. I was super involved in youth ministry that I thought that's, I would love to be able to to do that and to serve uh, this generation, this next generation. So that's kind of what, how yeah, God called I me into that. it. That's cool. Yeah. Do you use math at all in yeah. your job? <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, when good. I'm counting pizza slices and <laughs> t-shirts. Absolutely. So that's so it. You do get to use that skill I still. Do. Okay, yes. good, good. So. I was worried about that. <laughs> All right, Miranda, how long have you been a finance and HR admin and how'd you get into the role? Um, I have been in HR finance admin for three and a half years now, and I kind of fell into this position. So very opposite of Chris. I never had a will or desire to ever do anything in accounting because didn't care about the money. It's just boring. Yeah. It's very stale and wash, rinse and repeat. Um, And it wasn't until I, I started at Vista in the preschool as a coordinator there that I just realize that kid ministry was just not, it would just wasn't working for me and just that particular season of my life. And so I had the opportunity to kind of switch roles very drastically and go from a kid's ministry, which is wild, fun and crazy mm-hmm. to um, the finance world, which is very slow and, and again, wash, rinse and repeat, very, very repetitive. And so that just seemed to fit my life. And then I just I kind of just enjoyed it. I felt like I had purpose. I was able to come in Monday, you know, through Thursday, so to speak, eight to five. And then I could leave my job there. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't do a good job when I was in kid ministry of leaving my job sure. at my job. So I carried it very um, unhealthy in, in very unhealthy ways. And so mm-hmm. this job for me was a saving grace. And so um, 
although I didn't grow up wanting to be an accountant, it, I've, there's true value in it for me now. It's like, I can do a good job. I can have purpose. I can serve my church well in this capacity. And so I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Chris, what do you like most about being a student pastor? Um, the pay. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> So the thing I I love most about my job is a being able to invest. um, We we do not say the next generation for me, it's the current generation, but there's so much changing like our culture just rapidly is is changing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always been that way. It's always changed. But like the pace of change in today's world is, I think, much more rapid Mm -hmm. than the pace in previous generations. Absolutely. and so I'm figuring how to navigate that. It's it's not easy. And at times things feel unstable. So for me, like pointing middle and high school students towards finding their identity in Christ, which is stable. I just have a lot of passion for, for doing that and like helping kids in this current culture. And, and so there's a, a, a high school student I'll use the name Eugene. Um, Great name. Great choice. Eugene. Um, It is because I can't think of a student in our ministry with the name Eugene. So that's why I went with that. So she kind of came into our ministry. Parents weren't really involved in church and didn't really have much of an understanding of of scripture or who Christ is and just really not much base knowledge of, of our faith. And so really seeing her come to know Jesus mm-hmm. and just that transformation in her life and then seeing her change and you see more Christ in her in the way that she treats and talks to people. Like she started serving in the kids ministry and, and investing in others. Mm-hmm. And that's been so cool to see that, that movement. And so those are the things that they get you excited. So those are the things that I, I really do enjoy about my job. I love that. What, Marina, is your favorite thing about HR finance administration? My favorite thing about it would probably be I work with literally what I perceive to be the best people in the world. Now, their spouses may say differently, but that's not I don't have to live with them. But I mean, I just I love my job because I get to love my pastors and, and who doesn't want to do that? Right. Like so our pastors carry the burdens of our church. Right. So that's their, their calling and their job. And, you know, sometimes they can push their feelings or their issues to the side. And so I, I just get to celebrate them and take care of them in really fun ways. And that is my favorite part of my job is just getting to love them really well. And so whether that's, you know, in the form of sarcasm, you know, as a love language or bantering with whoever it is, but that is essentially what I love most about the job that I currently have. Why do you think that celebrating is so important to you? I think it comes from just my childhood of just being unseen. I know how that feels and it doesn't feel good. And so I never want at least the people in my circle to ever feel like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to ever feel unseen. And so I love to celebrate you, whether it's, you know, I say celebrate, but I just love to check in, just make sure how is your life? And I genuinely want to know. I, I speak for myself, but I think for Chris too, nights are incredibly intuitive. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you if you respond to me like, I'm, I'm good. I'm like, well, I don't believe you. Let's, let's have a conversation because <laughs> I genuinely care. I know how it feels to to feel uncelebrated or to feel unseen. Mm -hmm. I just never want anybody that I can help to ever feel that way. So I love that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. Okay. Chris, how can you tell that you're a nine? Like, how do you know that you're an Enneagram nine? When I first read up on the types, I really went between nine and one, which then I found out you can have wings. And so 
And I was like, I'm going to fly, baby. No, I'm just kidding. I, I was <laughs> definitely more of a nine. I can definitely slide into my wing one. First of all, do not enjoy conflict. Not afraid of conflict. Don't enjoy conflict. So mm-hmm. I think it's a big, big difference. And then the other thing is just that inward peace and harmony within myself. And so when things feel chaotic and I'm unexpected chaos, you know, as a, as a student pastor, there's always chaos and, yes. and things going on, but that's expected within, within what I do. So that does not cause discord within me. It's really the things that are like really unexpected mm-hmm. chaos that causes more stress. I think that, and then when other people are in conflict, it also bothers me. So that's where it's like, Hey, I want to get in there and help y'all resolve this Mm -hmm. because y'all being in conflict. If I'm like around, like if it's coworkers or people I'm friends with, whoever, it's like, that's also causing me discord a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't, I don't like anyone to be in conflict. I want everybody to just get along. And so, um, those are the things as I read that I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that resonates. Yeah, yeah. That's me. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. What about you, Miranda? How do you know you're a tech nine? Uh, yeah. Everything Chris said is just dead on. Um, I will add to that. I desire, um, and crave harmony and peace at work. Um, but just also in internally and then in, in, in my workspace, um, at my home, mm-hmm. um, with my family and just everywhere I go, I just thrive on harmony. And so what, well, of course I took the test. Um, Kelsey, I think I took the test with you in fact. So, mm-hmm. um, but when I took the test, I, I did tap as a nine and then you just reading up on it. But I think one thing that really hit with me was the childhood trauma of the nine, which is like I mentioned earlier is being unseen. Mm-hmm. And I grew up feeling like I was a burden. And so if I didn't talk about my bad day at school or my bad day and just in general, just being a kid, you know, nobody would be upset. Um, because I was raised by my grandparents. And so, you know, they, I felt like they were already doing a job that they didn't sign up to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's why I, I rally so hard for the underdogs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to hang out with the cool kids. I want to go sit with that kid who's by himself and I want to make sure that you're seen, mm-hmm. you feel loved. And so, yeah, long story short, I, that's how I decided I was a nine is that that childhood trauma just really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, also conflict, bleh. <laughs> so blah. So blah. Okay, Chris, yeah. you said you're not afraid of it. You just don't enjoy it. Would you say that's true for you too? That's a great, that's a great question. So I don't say that I'm afraid of it. Mm-hmm. However, I will avoid it almost at any cost. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say afraid, but avoid hundred percent. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. From your perspective, I want to hear about what you define as chaos. Like, give me an example of a time where you were like, this was absolute chaos and I hated it. When there's a lot going on, if I'm expecting it and prepared for it, then I'm striving to mm-hmm. say, I'm going to be present where I'm at because there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And so like summer, I knew I've got camp, I've got mission trips, I'm in school, um, I'm doing all these things and I know summer is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. And so my mindset was like, wherever I'm at, that's where I'm going to be present because I can't think too much ahead or it'll get overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I was prepared and summer really went well. There was a month where I had a lot of projects due for school. We were doing uh, an original series and students that was pretty heavy. And then we had a huge event coming up and it was all within the same month. And I, I didn't realize the heaviness of the series, how many meetings and um, how many conversations and how much follow-up was actually going to occur. Mm-hmm. And that that was an unexpected piece. It was 
just it consumed me from when I woke up to when I went to bed for the entire week. And then I found myself just wanting to crawl in a ball and just <laughs> yep, <laughs> breathe in a bag or something, you know? So <laughs> it was just one of those times where I learned from it. And that was a big thing was like, I've got to think ahead and go, if I know I have this, this and this, I need to, I'm not going to put a heavy series right before a big event, that mm. kind of stuff. But yeah, that time I definitely went into a little bit of the unhealth of getting overwhelmed by everything going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, That's a good example. Yeah. Rena, how about you? So yeah, summer for, for us was, we had a month, so it was July. We were going to do some really fun first time things. We were going to Florida. We were going to New Orleans and, and I thrive in fun things. I want to do it. So let's go. Let's plan all the things. It, it just, it was, summer was really hard for me in July. So we finished up our last trip of July in New Orleans. And I just, I told my husband, I said, I just want to go home. My home is my safe place. I probably did the the curl up in a ball thing <laughs> and I just slept very, very soon. I think I slept for maybe 14 hours when we got home and man, we created great memories and, and that's what it's about. So I'm there for it, but I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that would probably be the time where that chaos, which was great. Um, but I was exhausted. Absolutely. But, so, yeah. Yeah. Chris, how would you explain that core desire to feel connected and to have harmony and to have things kind of working smoothly to somebody who may not be familiar with the Enneagram? So I I think a big piece of that is not dealing well with unexpected chaos. So that that piece of harmony. I, I, I think the other thing is generally being able to help people to resolve conflict is also something we desire to do. One of the gifts and curses, if you will, for the nine is we are able to see multiple sides of an argument. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're good mediators, because if you sit between two people and you can you can listen, oh, I kind of see where you're getting at there. Mm -hmm. And and so that enables us, I think, a lot of times to be able to 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 sit between sides that are very opposing and be able to help find uh, a middle ground. But I think that's when, when we say peace and harmony. It's finding that rhythm consistent. You said home is a safe place. I think home safe because it's stable. You kind of know what's going on at your house. If you know what to expect, that helps you stay in harmony. Mm-hmm. If something unexpected comes out of nowhere, that can disrupt your harmony. And then that's what leads generally to anxiety and stress. Would you say that that's true in conflict too? Like, you know, that there's going to be confrontation and because you expect it, that you can still hold on to some of that harmony in the confrontation. Oh yeah. I went, and when I said, I'm not afraid of conflict, um, I guess I'm generally thinking like, I'm not afraid. I don't enjoy it. It's sure it's, it's draining, but to find harmony, if I'm, if something's bothering me and and it's something someone said or whatever, um, and it's causing me to feel like a tension, they may not even feel it. But if I'm feeling it between a person, I'm, it's worth it to me to go talk it out um, because otherwise I kind of lose. I, I'd feel like discord. So yeah. Um, so, so for, for the sake of harmony, you're going to go through that yes confrontation it, or conflict or whatever it is exactly. Yeah. And I strive to get there, Chris, because I'm like, even if I know that it's a conversation that will essentially lead me to harmony, 
I'm still avoiding it. (laughs) (laughs) Because here's what happens. Man, I get so overwhelmed with the conversation being had that I go, oh yeah, that makes sense. So maybe I'm overreacting and I automatically sloth out and empathize with within this confrontation. (laughs) And so then, and and I never say what I want to say. So I walk away from that conversation and that is my confrontation in a nutshell. So that's why I'm like, man, I I can't wait to get there, Chris. When you're like, yeah, I I know, I know harmony is on the other side of this rock. I've got to go up this rock to get there. I'm like, I'm just not going to (laughs) go. I'll, I'll create the harmony within myself almost. So a gift and a curse. So you nailed it right on the head. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. We are able to even see someone else's side when it's when we're the opposing side. Yes. <laughs> which is which is funny. Where do you see your core desire for harmony show up in a work setting? Check-ins with with other people. I do that more and more if I feel like there's tension or we're in disagreement or something. Everyone I work with, I care about. And mm-hmm. so I do not want to feel like there's a loss of connection there. And so I will, I will just go in and sit down and check in. And, and the other thing is you mentioned this earlier, Miranda, but we have a sense of like when people are lacking harmony, I guess, in their own life. So if they're stressed or overwhelmed, like we can generally sense it. We'll get that a lot of like, hey, are you doing okay? Sometimes I ask that question, people just start crying. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you know, it's happened <laughs> it multiple, it does. multiple times. We sense it in the way that we ask the question. We're, we're empathizing with it because it's something we don't like to feel within ourselves. And so we're able to see when people are overwhelmed or stressed or whatever, lacking harmony in, within themselves. And so we're able to recognize that and help. I love that. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What would you add? I, I pull real hard into my one wing um, as far as like schedules, getting it on the calendar, just real big on just like forecasting. Uh, it really helps me to stay as healthy as a nine as I can be. Because mm-hmm. like if I know a heavy week or a heavy day is coming up, I can mentally prepare for that. Mm-hmm. It is the um, the unforeseen that comes up that does tend to just throw us for a loop. And, and I could say that hopefully with growth and, and transformation, I get better at it. But man, I just be honest and let you know, I don't do well when things come up or things at home are not okay. Like I say, that is my safe place. And so if things are not okay at home, I'm done for the course. Like that's one of my balls. They've fallen and internally I'm just not okay. And Mm -hmm. so I've got to get that okay before I can be okay. But I do not leave my office uh, for the day until I've written down everything I got to do tomorrow. Now things will come up and I try to prepare myself for that. Like Chris said, but Uh, For the most part, I really work well in my list and my calendar. So if I've got it in front of me and I can prepare myself for it, um, I'm going to be okay. It Mm -hmm. is the unseen that comes up that can throw us. So when you're creating your list and when you're shifting tasks that don't necessarily have to get done today, how do you decide what makes it to the top of the list? Because all things tend to be equally important for nines. For me... If it has to do with someone else, like if I need to register you for insurance and someone else is tied to my task, that's getting done first. Mm -hmm. That ranks and pulls priority. If it's a task that I need to do, that's just simply filing at the end of the month. That's just me and my, that's just between me and my filing cabinet. She don't have feelings. So she gets put last lots of times. So, but (laughs) does she have a name? Um, just no, she's a mess. Sandra. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's between you and Sandra. It's between me and Sandra, my filing cabinet. What would you add, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I would say yes. I always prioritize people. And so if someone needs to meet with me, that's 
that's going at the top of the list of having that meeting. Um, and then my week kind of flows Wednesday and Sunday. So mm-hmm. I try to have my message for Wednesday done Monday or my message for Sunday done Thursday. And those things have to get done. I also have to have time within my week for some long term planning. So events that are, you know, a couple months away or mm-hmm. whatever, like there, there are things we have, we have to plan. Those things generally get moved because it's like, I don't have to do this today. Right. I do need to get this done within this week, but I, yeah, this, I can move this to another day and get it done. So there's yeah. some flexibility with that. How do you see conflict, this fear of engaging in conflict or loss of connection with somebody show up in a work setting? It's going to happen. And again, I'm not afraid of, of, of conflict. Like in the workplace, sometimes we need to have confrontation so I can feel at peace because I don't want to lose that connection. I will say though, when you have like more intense conflict, still may not be afraid. No, I need to have the conversation. The difference, it, it just drains me. I'm going to need like a 30 minute break just to, you know, recoup after the conflict. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I I would say for me, I think it it comes back to for me it's that childhood trauma of just like no, you matter enough to have this conversation because I think a lot of times with conflict I can be like, well, I don't want to disturb this person's day with my issue that they may not even know or you said something or you did something that hurt my feelings. Just coming back to that, your feelings matter enough to have this conversation. There's value in that. I don't always get there. That's not my, that's not my first place I go to. So I would say to any of the nines out there, um, that maybe are where I'm at, where we like avoid conflict like COVID, you matter. Your feelings matter. You, you do deserve to be heard. I love, love, love that you said I'm not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning that we're all still works in progress wherever we're at in our journey. So I'm proud of you. Every day. We've said the blessing is also the curse and there's a shadow side to all of our personalities. So there's the good side of, I can see multiple perspectives. And then there's the shadow side to that of inaction because I can see multiple perspectives and they're both valid and I don't know what to do or how to move forward. How can you tell when you're motivated from a healthy place or an unhealthy place? If I'm more or less having a conversation at you and I just want you to hear me and I want you to get on my side and I think I'm right, when I think, well, we need to have this conversation because it's about me. That is probably when I can just tell like, yeah, I'm trying to seek out harmony almost at any cost. And that's not kind. That's so well said. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I say I'm not afraid to have conflict. It's generally when I feel like we're, there's tension between me and someone else. And that bothers me because that's that loss of connection. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to make sure we're good. Um, and so for me, it's always worth having that conversation. The times that it's difficult is when it's involving my opinion. So a lot of time, you know, I'll have an opinion, I'll have an, I'll have a thought, but I may not share it. There's more dominant voices in the room or whatever. I just kind of keep it to myself because I'm like, I don't know how this would be received. I don't want to be rejected. My opinion doesn't really matter on this specific thing. So I think that's where it's unhealthy is when, when I'm afraid to share an opinion I have because I'm not sure how people are going to react to it. And I don't, I want to be able to speak my opinion freely. Um, and so those are the times that I'm like, I have, to, I have to watch myself. Okay. Last question for you guys. What advice would you give to other type nines? I mean, I would say speak up, 
share your opinion because that's what I need to hear. I mean, I was literally told that at work was like, um, you know, I, I described it like this, you know, we, we have like at staff meeting, we'll have discussions and there's generally more outspoken voices in the room that are just kind of going around and I'll randomly have a comment and I'll just jump in, comment, I'm out. And then I'm good. I, I can sit back and just, just listen. And so I was told like, Hey, we value your opinion. We want to hear from you more. Um, so speak up. And I needed to hear that because I was like, in my mind, I didn't think it was a big that deal. value. I mean, it, yeah. with student ministry, sure, I knew my opinion was valued. But with other church stuff, I was like, they don't really care. Um, yeah. But that that wasn't true. And they and they told me that and I needed to hear that. So now I'm like, OK, I do need to share my opinion more, even though that's, you know, not the natural thing, because I'm, I'm content sometimes just listening and I may have a thought. But then I'm like, OK, well, you know. Everyone's Who am talking. I to speak into that? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to interject. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not going to do it aggressively. So I'd have to be like quiet in the room. I'm like, okay, I can talk now, you know? And so. Or we call on Chris. Chris, did you have something to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you ask me, I will share the, that's for sure. That's the best when you don't have to raise your hand and someone calls on you. Yeah. Yeah. Day. People always think it's like, you know, you may hate getting called on. Usually if someone asks, Chris, what's your thought? I've got thoughts. I just didn't, wasn't going to interject with them. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've needed to continue to grow in is like your opinion does matter because mm -hmm. as a nine, we tend to think there's other dominating opinions in the room and, um, my opinion may not carry as much weight. So what a gift to be at a place where somebody recognize that, like, Hey, we want to hear more from you and your opinion does matter. Oh yeah. It meant, it meant the world because it was something that I needed to hear. Otherwise you're just, you yeah, you're, that's going to be playing in your head over and over. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's. You really can good. get, you can get complacent and just like, Oh, this is my role. This is, yeah. I'm, I'm here to sit and observe rather than mm -hmm. participate. And that's, you don't grow that way. Yeah. You don't transform that way. So the opinions, the values, um, like they matter. And we are always our first shutdown. Like, nah, that, you don't need to say that. We're incredibly articulate and we are incredibly creative. We have just valuable qualities about us that I think the world needs. I think just continue to, to show up. Even if you don't say anything in that meeting, don't shut yourself down. Don't say no for yourself. When you're feeling stuck, just remember the truth. God created me this way. He created me to think this way and um, it's needed. Well, I can't think of a better way to end this podcast. So we are going to end on that note. Chris, Miranda, thank you both so much for joining me on the show today. And for those of you listening, if you enjoyed this conversation, would you please do me a favor and share it with someone who you think may benefit from hearing what Chris and Miranda had to say today? Maybe you know a type nine who needs to hear how they can actually achieve true harmony by leaning into conflict as opposed to peace faking. Also, please consider leaving a review explaining what you found most helpful to learn about the type nine. Thanks so much for your support and I'll see you next time.